Welcome to episode nine. I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> All right, so this is not a the first time 600. we've started this episode, and Anchor is possessed, and only my magic touch can fix it. Yeah, so Anchor Anchor's app got updated. Pros, we don't have a five-minute recording like length. Uh, con- constraint. Hopefully that will make anymore. for fewer awkward like transitions between topics and yeah. stuff. Um, con, it seems to have a life of its own <laughs> and I'm essentially living in Blade Runner. Right. So, uh, you know, you take the good, you take the bad and turn around and then you have facts of life. So, how, how's your life? How are things going? We sort of did this already before. Anchor yeah, but we have to do part of it again. So, yeah. um, administratively, oh, yeah. for those of you who have been listening to this podcast of Broken Dreams and Broken Promises, yep. um, we are not on iTunes. Yeah, we're full liars. Um, we're still working on it. Because did we say definitively we are on iTunes? Oh, you know, no, since like before we started podcasting, I put it in the profile. It's still like, written everywhere. Yeah. Oh, no, we're, we're full liars. The thing is, if we were making any money from this, maybe we could get sued, but, you know, we're not. <laughs> we're not. Yeah, so. Um, I'm also two episodes behind on podcast notes. Mm-hmm. I will be caught up, hopefully, sooner rather than later. My goal is to get all three episodes, seven, eight, and this one, nine, up before I leave for vacation on the 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if I'm a dirty liar and I don't get that done, and there's anybody listening who is particularly interested in a pattern or a yarn or a like shitty YouTube video we've talked about in the last three episodes, just shoot us a message in the Ravelry group. Mm-hmm. I will see it and I will send you or repost with whatever it was we discussed. Um, so sorry about the delay. And um, like I said, I will do my best to accommodate any burning questions. You can also feel free to you know message us at Witches Get Stitches on Instagram. Or um, wsgpod at gmail.com. Wgspod. That one. Yeah, at gmail.com. That's our, e, uh, that's our email. Yeah. Um, email. Yeah, that's our, that's this whole situation. Um, however, um, have either of us ever checked that? Oh, yeah, I check it a lot, actually, because that's how I've been dealing. With iTunes. With iTunes. Oh, okay. Makes um, sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, so, so I'll know. Okay. Um, and that's, I think that pretty much does it for, like, administrative stuff. Yeah. Um, for some reason. Okay. Yes. Anyway. So, uh, what are you working on? Okay. I am currently knitting on my Cancun boxy lace top. Mm-hmm. Um, I had taken a significant break from it um, mm-hmm. last fall, and then I took another significant break while I finished most of one of the objects in progress I'll talk about later. Um, but this is probably going to be getting the majority of my attention because thanks to Harry Potter Knit and Crochet House Cup, mm-hmm. I have promised to have it done by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Like, not today, the 20th, like March 31st. This is boxy. Yeah, like, Cancun yes. boxy like stop. Yep. Um, and because I'm going, as I mentioned, on vacation to Florida for five days, mm-hmm. I'm going to do a lot of baseball games, spending a lot of time on the beach, and knitting in cotton would actually be pretty pleasant. Yeah, I was going to ask, you are knitting it in cotton, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So... I think that it'll be good plain knitting and good Florida knitting. Mm-hmm. So that is the game plan with this one. Um, I haven't nice. made much progress. Like 
honestly, it wouldn't even have been discussed in this episode if I hadn't picked it up to knit during this episode because I have not made any progress. Right. Um, but everything else about it stands. Um, same yarns as last time, the Ultra Pima by Cascade um, in the green tea something tea colorway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all the information is in a previous podcast notes thread and I'll uh, put it up in this one as well. But I like it. Easy peasy. Rough on the hands because cotton, but yeah, it'll be nice to knock it out. But it's nice. Yeah. How? What has the cotton actually been like knitting with it? It's Pima cotton, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's it's not the nightmare that you had with cotton for sure. Well, mine also had linen in it, which I think was the real perpetrator of all of my pain and anger. Yeah, um, I'm not. The actual knitting with it isn't bad, but I do notice that my hands dry out a lot faster. Yeah. Like um, in yoga today, like they did a like touch each of your fingers thing. And I realized that each of my fingertips was like super dry mm-hmm. <laughs> during mm-hmm. all of that. So. And w- so what's the difference between Pima cotton and not Pima cotton? Do you know? Nope. I'm quizzing you and you don't. I have no idea. Um, hold on. Okay. Give me a second and I'll Google it. I think it's a. I have I to know think now. It's the, the, the location. I think Pima cotton. I remember reading this in that in that like fiber book that you had. It's right there I on think, the shelf next I to you. I think Pima cotton is like from. Arizona, I think. Let me see. Maybe. Pima is a fine, long staple cotton that yields a soft weave. Where is it from? Because I feel like Arizona, but that doesn't sound right at all. I mean. It's riveting. Um, it doesn't appear to be tied okay. to geography. Oh. Here, but you can pull the well, fiber book off the shelf. I'll, well, I'll I'm do locked the in with yeah. all of my... I'll do the research in my fiber book that I do own and put it in the thread when I get it up. I put you on the spot. I'm sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, no, I hadn't thought about it. Um, What are you drinking? A gin Ricky made me. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, and yeah, and I'm drinking the same thing. I'm uh, drinking it out of the wrong cup, though. Yeah, because... we have uh, ones that are different words for drunk and I like turnt turnt is my cup but turnt is in the dishwasher yeah but and I have pickled and then you have sauced I think yeah right right. um yeah so you know that's 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 nice yeah I'm knitting what do you think yeah Mm -mm. sorry it's my dog (laughs) this is also good podcast good podcasting I um (laughs) I'm knitting a pinguono I got the the Stephen West uh, book two sweaters mm-hmm. book a little mm-hmm. while ago and I wasn't really ready when I first got the book to cast anything on but I also like since moving here um, I've realized that my stash is quite large mm-hmm. part of that is because I have like big giant bulky Michaels yarn that I've just that I basically bought as soon as at the when I was first getting into knitting mm-hmm. but before I was like I'm gonna spend money on decent yarn so it's just trash yarn, mm-hmm. but it's like gallons of it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a so the stash is huge, but then even beyond that, if I were to take all that out, it still is a very large stash, because I like I was like I like crazy colors, and I'm gonna do all this Stephen West like fun crazy color stuff, and I, that skein's pretty, and I'm gonna buy it. So I would just buy one every time I went someplace because I had an addiction. 
You don't buy for a project. You no, buy yarn buy. you like, and then you figure it out. Which is which like, is fine, but then sometimes like you want to knit a project and nothing in your stash works for it, and then you're just off acquiring more, even though you have a sizable stash. Right. Which so what that basically means is that every once in a while, meaning now is the first time I'm really doing this, I you've got a stash bust. So I'm stash busting. Okay. And I am doing a pinguono, and I'm doing it in the largest size that I can, which means that I'm using chunky gauge. Uh, yarn, but what that, but like, what you're doing is like holding things double. So mm -hmm. chunky gauge, I guess he like he recommends using he Stephen West recommends using like three f fingering weight held together or worsted and lace and fingering or two DKs held together or something like that. So I'm sort of doing like a combination slash just ignoring all of those rules and doing whatever I want. Um, okay. And so what that basically means is that I've got like crazy colors everywhere, crazy textures everywhere, and a pretty big variety of fabrics. Like it looks dense. It's some of it's very dense, some of it's less dense. But this is just like the back panel. So like the way that I don't know. I mean, if people are familiar with Pinguono, it's like it's a cardigan. But the way that it's knit is you just base you just knit like a big rectangle for the back that's supposed to be in seed stitch in the original pattern. Um, and then off of the rectangle, you kind of like pick up a knit and then build the sides and then pick up a knit, build like the, the front off the top and neckband and all okay. that stuff. So it's all just like from this rectangle. So the super dense part is just this back panel and I kind of wanted it to be super dense so I could get a lot of like texture and more than anything, I'm envisioning this to be closer to like a wool jacket than like a cardigan that you would actually want to wear. Okay. Like, yeah. So like if I if I actually wanted this to be like wearable inside in like spring fall, then I would probably have done it in like almost exclusively fingering weight held double or whatever. Okay. Um, but I kind of want it to be like a jacket type thing that you're going to want to take off or something but that's like super structured and very heavy um and i'm doing like a textured version of it um which has been kind of fun you just basically ignore the seed stitch and just do whatever you want so i've got like cabling and loop stitch and i've got like an i-cord thing in the middle of a row and that's fun it's okay been fun it's been good i like it um and it's been giving me a chance to like you know like reconnect like on like a spiritual level with all my yarn just been nice you know how you do that at times nope i'm actually <laughs> mad at my stash right now oh so i can't i can't speak to it mm -hmm. um i'm furious because i was telling ian at one of my works in progress i'm almost done mm -hmm. i just have to pick up stitches to do a neckband which is a turtleneck and you're supposed to like do a crochet pickup with yarn of a slightly different shade Mm -hmm. So you can see it and then do a double knit thing. Anyway, haven't gotten there yet. And I had undyed that yarn that I was going to use for it. And I can't find it anywhere. This is the alpaca yeah. stuff? Yeah. I had no idea where the like leftover undyed alpaca is. Hmm. Wait. I thought I saw it recently. Maybe I'm lying. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, look, if you can track it down for me, that would be amazing. I probably stole it and then just like sold it to... ISIS or something. Probably. That's yeah. the only reasonable option. Yeah. That, plus, okay. who are you going to sell yarn to? 
ISIS, obviously. Okay, I, 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 <laughs> I have some confusion with this boxy lace pattern. What? So, okay, I'm working on section D now. So the way this pattern works, it's free, so I don't feel like I'm giving away secrets of the mm-hmm. internet. Um, basically, it's a series of four different types of lace, and you basically mm-hmm. just knit each one and then break it up with like a couple rows of garter. Mm-hmm. And so the third type of stitch they have is a solid mesh stitch, mesh stitch. And in the picture, it's got three rows of lace in it, mm-hmm. but the instructions only have two. Makes sense. I don't know what to do. Makes sense. Wait, say what you just said again. So like knit this before. So, so like, for example, the solid mesh stitch. Yeah. In the picture, yeah. it's this bit of three. Like you see the, the D, section D. This is really, we're really good at like. Such riveting podcasting. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's yes. But if you read the instructions, yeah. row one is knit, rows two, four, and six are purl, and rows three and five are the lace. But in theory, there should be another lace row to get me three chunks of lace. Three, there should be three lace rows, right? Well, based on the picture that they include in the pattern. Yeah. I threw this pattern out essentially as soon as I started working on it. Because I was like, couple couple rows of garter, lace thing, couple rows of garter. No, well, didn't you thing. forget the couple rows of garter? Didn't you just go from At the, the beginning, lace? yes. <laughs> um, okay. But I was doing it in the round, so I didn't have, I didn't like have mistakes that I had to like go. It's best not to do it in the round. I learned that. Um for this riveting podcasting we're so good at this okay okay we have a lot of plans for this episode and we haven't podcasted in forever or at least we've done a lot of knitting and so i have grading to do so and I you have grading so let's ro- rock through what are your other whips <laughs> since the last time we podcasted um cannoli yep your sister's blanket sister's blanket i made oh yes those two things are also, Featherweather, I, I, I'm still working on, but I don't, I'm not going to go too much in-depth. I haven't made any progress. Okay. I've been focused on this because of a nightmare person. Those are my whips. Okay. Anything? Watch me whip and watch me nay-nay. Have you seen that music, that, that video of that white people choir singing that? No. It's very bad. <laughs> I'm going to post it to Instagram. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Whip. Whips. Okay. I have the Sweet Morning Sweater. Mm-hmm. Done the body and sleeves. That's the one all I've got left to do is the turtleneck. Mm-hmm. I started the Grace cardigan and I am working on the yoke. And that has been an actual nightmare. Grace. Oh, that's the one where you're doing in Tarzan. It's yeah, so it's home. meant to be you knit it in one color, one type of yarn, and you're just going back and forth across. It's a top-down raglan cardigan. Mm-hmm. So basically you knit the right side of the chest in a lace, the right arm in stockinette, the Mm -hmm. back in lace, the left arm in stockinette, the left front panel Mm -hmm. in lace. And I decided that I wanted the lace sections in glitter yarn (laughs) because that's who I am as a person. Yeah. And it has been an exercise in rage and frustration because obviously a top down raglan, you're increasing along the seams, which is in the lace. Yeah. And then I'm doing a tarja on top of that. So I'm managing five balls of yarn slash bobbins mm-hmm. while trying to increase. It has been a tangled actual nightmare. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm going to love it when it's done, but like I have cried. 
yep. over this cardigan. Yep. Um, and then I had a whip that I ripped out. I was working on a pair of socks. Uh. Um, socks for the deputy headmistress, a pattern by Erica Luter, I think is her name. And I just mm -hmm. didn't like the yarn with the pattern. So I did the heel turn and realized I liked the way the stitches were coming together on the heel turn a lot more mm -hmm. than I liked the way they looked in the sock. And I ripped it, it out. Is it just because it was like denser and doing... I think, yeah, because there were... So obviously a heel turn has half the number of stitches right. as knitting a sock in the round. Um, and so basically what was happening was knitting it in the round, it looked like really shitty self-striping socks. Mm, it did look like self-striping. But like not even or good looking. Yeah. Just like really messy sort of the illusion of self-striping kind of on a tilt. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the heel, you didn't get that effect at all mm -hmm. between the slip stitches and the just half the number of stitches in the pattern. So basically I was like, I don't like this. So I ripped it out and then um, I think I have one more. Well, I finished that thing. Maybe that's it. Cool. Yeah, I think that's it for my whips. Cool. Right, I finished. FOs, yeah. I still have to weave in the ends, but I'm toying with the idea of keeping it pretty punk and just leaving the ends. What? But I ran that by Patrick and he was not into it, so probably not. Um, the uh, fing they're fingerless fingerless mitts. Okay. Um, and they are. It's a new pattern. It's the pearl soho thing that everybody's been doing. Probably should have a name for this, but I actually um, haven't heard of it, so I have no idea what you're talking about. It's um. Let me see. Pearl soho, pearl soho. I could just keep saying this. Pearl soho. Pearl. Pearl. Soho. Pearl Soho. Uh, pearl, pearl Ho? Pearl, pearl Soho. Pearl Ho. Um, maybe I'm a liar. Oh, I the mean. The aesthetic of this whole podcast is just lying to people. Um, no. Yes. No. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? What gloves did you just knit? I knit. They were on the table. Oh, wait, it's got to be in my, got to be in my, <laughs> oh, no, pickles. Do you need to go Okay, I got it. Okay. Sorry for the dog bark. Everyone. It's called the Log Cabin Mitts by Karen Templer. It was for Fringe Supply Co. Okay. That's what it was. Not Pearl Soho. But, you know, if... Pearl Soho wants to. Uh, they both have the send O sound in them. Yeah. So easy mistake. Anyway, shout out to Fringe Sup to Fl Fringe Supply Co. Also, shout out to Pearl Soho. Perfect. Um, anyway, they were they're like this really nice. It's a really nice fingerless mitt thing where it's like super quick. You're just supposed to be holding. It's either supposed to be like worsted or I did fingering weight held double. Um, and you just start with like a tiny little square and then you just build off of the square and then you knit the whole thing flat and then just like seam it up and you're done. Like, oh wow. it's super easy because it's fingerless mitts and actually the thumb gusset for this was like so easy because you're not knitting in the, in the round so you don't have to like, you know, do increases or pull some things aside or whatever. Like, it's really, really easy. Mm -hmm. um, so I liked that. It's good construction. Log cabin mitts. Okay. 
Um, so those are done, and that's, I think that's the only thing that I've actually, like, finished. Ooh, there's a really exciting siren happening outside. Um, yeah, my only FO that I can recall is also fingerless mitts. Mm-hmm. I knit the staghorn mitts, which are a free pattern on the Ravelry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knit them because I bought this single skein of wool folk far. Mm -hmm. When we were at Fiberspace in Alexandria. Mm -hmm. And it, honest to God, it is the softest yarn. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. Yeah, those it mitts is are like very, very nice. So soft and wonderful. But also, while they aren't expensive, like I think one skein is 1950. Mm -hmm. It's like half the size of a normal worsted skein. It's only right. like 50 grams. And so I wanted something nice to make for myself that mm -hmm. wouldn't involve me needing to go out and get like six more skeins of this stuff. Right. Which, like, a, what is this? Like a $20 and some time pair of very, very nice wool mittens is, like, not right. unreasonable. So, right. Yeah. Um, but so, anyway, I like them. I knocked them out. I actually finished them right before we started podcasting. I was weaving in ends. Yeah, they look really nice. So, I like them. I'm happy with them. That's all I got. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I so, think that's it in terms of knitting. Yeah. Okay. I like the structure that we're, that we're landing on. Which is knitting preamble, mm -hmm. knit, 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 wool, 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 and then meat of the episode, which this week, I'm very excited that we get to talk about Oscar films because it's not like I, we haven't been talking about them, but in an organized fashion. Right. Now we can talk, we're going to talk about them. So I'm very excited about that. Yes. So we're talking about, so Oscars are coming up, they're on March 4th, which should be like a couple of days after we get this posted. We're posting it tonight. So yeah. Uh, it's what, Sunday. Wednesday, so it's coming up on Sunday. Um, Oscars are happening. Um, obviously, uh, I mean, Oscar buzz last year, I feel like in, because I wasn't watching, I didn't watch very many of the movies. R.I.P. Arrival starring Amy Adams. Worst movie. Um, best movie of all time. And I, but I remember the like zeitgeist or like Oscar buzz or whatever being a much bigger thing because... La La Land was such a big deal. Yeah. And Moonlight was such a big deal. Yeah. And there was this sort of like false dichotomy that like I definitely bought into. Well, and was... Where like they were pitted against each other, which is not really obviously like when they're making those movies, that's not what it was about. But then right. that's what award season does to people. So, um, but this year it doesn't feel like that. I agree. Yeah. Um, I also think there's not... Like, we're lacking a really popular movie in, like, the running, with the exception of probably Get Out. Yes. And Get Out is not what I would... I wouldn't call Get Out, like, typical Oscar bait type. No, thing. and I also wouldn't call it a frontrunner. Well, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not that, but it's... Yeah. But I mean, like, it's not even... It's a... Sh kind of a surprise that it's even nominated not because it doesn't deserve it because I think of all the movies there it probably deserves it the most mm -hmm. in my opinion um, but because it is so like out of the ordinary relative to what the Academy usually does I, right I, that's my impression and I haven't been doing this for that long but um, right am I wrong that's no I yeah. mean I, I think it's definitely innovative yeah but horror doesn't and, usually right so, unless it's, like, Silence of the Lambs, level pretentious. Right. <laughs> level pretentious. Um, but, yeah. So, this, this year's... Overall, Ian and I have both been really disappointed. 
Um, that's that's. Yeah. I'd say our feelings about all of the movies that are likely to win range from mild disappointment to full, to rage. full rage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So full rage. We are throwing an Oscar party this weekend, as mm-hmm. is our want. And what yeah. we've been brainstorming. And you're what not. Been, in, I mean, I'm sorry. You're not invited. Not you. You'll be here, but you. The listeners. Our, the, the one. I like that you had to specify that I'm invited to the party that I am throwing. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be like, you're not invited. Yeah. But you know what I mean. But so. This, this person. If you are also inclined to throw an Oscar party and have strong opinions about these films. Oh, yeah. Um, these are some of the ideas we have come up with. Well, yeah. T- also, tweet out. Tweet at us. Tweet. We don't have a Twitter. And I don't understand or, or use Twitter at all. But, you know, get at us. Send us snail mail to our address, which is... Just kidding, I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, Instagram, Gmail, whatever. Um, get us about your Oscar. Like, if you want to start a fight, then I'm happy to do that. Yeah, if you want to argue about the quality of the films this year, or if you have very clever punny concepts for Oscar food... Yarn Share. Oscar crossovers, food Oscar crossovers, right? Alcohol Oscar crossovers. We probably don't need help on that front, but I want to. I want the. I want it. Okay. You know what I mean. Plus, I'd love to fight with someone. Please fight me. Okay. Please disagree with my opinion. Ian loves internet trolls. Yeah, conservative, MAGA, honey. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> anyway, um, so our best ideas. In no particular order. Um, I think the best idea we have is from Ian, and we're going to start with the best in case people very, get bored of this conversation and want to tune out. I'm very, very pleased. This this alcoholic beverage is called a pesca. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Pe, <laughs> pesca di sporra, which means um, cum peach in Italian, which is a reference to a scene that happens in Call Me By Your Name, a.k.a. the worst movie that's been, that came out this year, except for Mother by Darren Aronofsky. And The Post. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, that's, that is, and it's a, it is a peach, uh, pisco sour. So, it's like peach and um, pisco and angostura bitters and egg white. It's like nice and frothy and, and white. Lime. And lime. Yeah, lime and peach. Yeah, so it's like, Italian countryside meets Peruvian brandy. <laughs> and cum. And cum. So that's, that's our best idea, and that yep. was all Ian. Mm-hmm, that was me. Um, so that, that's very exciting. Um, and the other... And if you have a problem with it, send me a DM on Instagram. <laughs> I'm, like, trying to fight someone. I really want to fight We someone. have so few listeners, and we successfully <laughs> alienate large groups of them. I really I, like think large that percentages you fight of our ten listeners you, every week. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, that was the, that was the idea. That was probably one of our better ideas, I think. Yeah, and um, so our other signature co- cocktail is going to be the Shapes of Watermelon Mojito. Yeah, which is, yeah. I mean, it's watermelon mojito, but then with uh, shape. I'm gonna put watermelon in it. Watermelon's not on our grocery list. Have to add I watermelon. Add that. Yes. Um, basically, I'm going to take cookie cutters and cut out shapes of watermelon and Makes put sense. them in like a giant punch bowl. Yep. So basically, our theory is any beverage recipe that requires whipped egg whites, yep. while probably going to be wonderful, we are not mm. going to make it during the Oscars. So we need yeah. one like pre-arrival cocktail and one punch bowl cocktail. I know what I just did. 
I know what I just did. I'm sorry, is time working circularly? Because it's <laughs> almost as if you brought up Arrival again. <laughs> My favorite movie of all time. Um, yeah, and then what were the other? The other ideas were basically um, We're going to make deviled eggs <laughs> because Shape of Water. Which is also Shape of Water. Th- it's a good thing that that might win. Yeah. We do have multiples and we do almost have no three billboards. Well, um, we're going to try to do... A lot of the movies were regionally specific, so we're going to try to do regionally specific cheeses. Yeah, that's basically the extent of our creativity on this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's... But I'm proud of us. Me too. Yeah. Um, basically, the problem with this year, and we've talked about it a lot, mm-hmm. is there is no movie to root for. Yeah, like, so there's what, no, is like, the, what is the wars. full list? Maybe just so we can okay. get everybody. What did on you the same do page. with it? I think it's on the floor right here. I keep it right here for easy reference. Yeah. On the floor? No, I keep it on the stand with my one thousand and one greatest movies. Yeah, but of all then time. I put it on the floor. <laughs> uh, Upper left hand corner of the first page. There you go. Okay, okay. so the, the the Oscar nominees for best picture this year are, Call Me by Your Name. Call Me. Shut up. Richard Call. James Call. Darkest Hour. Mm-hmm. Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, mm-hmm. Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I uh, honestly, I almost thought you were going to say um, Phantom of the Opera. I would rather it be Phantom of the Opera. So I haven't seen Phantom Thread, and that's the only one on the best picture list I haven't seen. I also haven't seen Phantom Thread. Um, I likely will not see Phantom Thread. I've heard that it's sexist, so I'm not all, all that interested in, mm-hmm. in that anymore. I've seen enough sexist films that are that were nominated for the Oscars this year, mm-hmm. so I think I probably might skip that. Um, you do want to see Darkest Hour, though, right? I'd like to. You can award me my feminist badge now. <laughs> I just thought I'd let you know. For judging a movie you haven't seen yet, yes. based on... I mean, what do we do all the time? <laughs> Valid. <laughs> right? Valid. <laughs> okay, so. Of oh my God, can we talk about feminism unrelated? I'm going to alienate the rest of our viewer- listeners right now. Okay, so I rented a car today to go to the dentist. Total nightmare. And I'm not going to go into my five-hour ordeal of transportation to the dentist. Mm-hmm. But rental car did not have an iPhone hookup, did not have power cord, and like I obviously... <laughs> These millennials. No, but like, and I, their needed, iPhone I needed my phone for GPS, so I didn't want to use it for other things and burn the battery. Texting. So, <laughs> I was listening to the actual radio. Did you get some Christianity in your life? That's what this is going. Oh, um, okay. No, 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 no. Worse. Oh. Keith Urban <gasps> has a new song called Female. <gasps> and it was horrible. It's just like... It's literally supposed to be a feminist anthem, you can tell. Oh. And it's like, do you judge your skirt and think she was asking for it? And like, all this stuff. And then the, the chorus is just yelling things like, nature, lover, mother, daughter, whatever. But like, it's, it's not even a song. It's just like, feminist talking points set to music by an Australian man. It was horrible, and I am going to force you to listen to it after we I'm are so done with this podcast. I'm so excited about that. But like... I think the feminist fail of that song was better than most of the Oscar movies trying to be feminist. So, but still not good. Pause. Yeah. Anchor has a wonderful. Thank you, Anchor. Anchor has a wonderful feature where it integrates with Spotify Music. I don't know if you've heard of that uh, company that does music 
streaming. Spotify? Spotify. Okay. Um, Are you pushing for sponsors now from very well-known yes, companies? Yes, thank you, Spotify. It's also, side side note, Spotify hosts podcasts, but guess what they're interested in? Tech podcasts, comedy, gardening, something. There's some word that's like green green gloves or something. Could we pass like this genre. off as a comedy gardening podcast? Probably. We talk about <laughs> horticulture. <laughs> we do. Um, the We talk about cheese pretty frequently. We do talk about which cheese. Which is the same thing as gardening. <laughs> Milk. Cows cows eat grass. <laughs> nailed um, it. Nailed it. Yep. Baked Kevin Bacon. Kevin um Bacon. I, but what was I? I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. Females, the Keith Urban song, Anchor yeah, Spotify. Anyway, so I will be adding that to the end of this episode on <laughs> Anchor. So if you're listening on Anchor, bear with us through our Oscar talk and just get to that Keith Urban good, good music <laughs> at the end of all of this. I'm very excited about that. Um, and if you're not on, on Anchor and listening to this, then get on Anchor listen to it again and then listen to the Keith Urban song that's at the end. It will just be a sample for 30 seconds but it will be worth it. Don't go to Spotify and listen to it directly. You don't need to do that. <laughs> you definitely do. Um, I mean, I was in the car yelling crying. at the top of my lungs what the fuck? Yeah. And like yeah. there was no one around me. It wasn't even that congested. I mean, it was Virginia at four so it was like a little congested. Was it sort of one of those, was it like... I a, was shaking the car with my physical rage. Was it like a man feminist song where, like, a la, like, Justin Trudeau yelling at a woman for calling it mankind kind of a thing? Where it was like, look at no. how good a feminist I am. And I I'm. think it was more like, he has interpreted his role as a celebrity male in feminism as just Is he? spreading quotes. Is he? I mean, he's married to Nicole Kidman, so I assume he's, like, relatively fine. I feel like <laughs> by that logic, a lot of the, like, sexual assailants... <laughs> no, no, no. Are, I mean that she's become be an outspoken advocate of, like, women's equality stuff following Big Little Lies because of the stuff with the abuse storylines oh. and whatever. So yeah. given that he sat there next to her, start like, her and Reese Witherspoon got that together, and obviously Reese Witherspoon started Time's yeah. Up, and Nicole Kidman's been very involved in that. Yeah. So, like, I just feel like... His wife is has been a pretty outspoken, yeah, advocate. Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming he is not a horrible a fuck full wit. monster, right? Yeah. I'm willing to go so far as to say he is not a full monster. Or he That's doesn't. As much as I'm I willing know. to go so far as to say he doesn't appear to be. Oh my god! So I was also on my phone at work today. No, not at work at the dentist's office. And I was this is a knitting this. slash witchcraft podcast, by the way. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So apparently, I'm just, I, I don't stumbled not onto this, this yes. BuzzFeed article that was just like 10, 17 feminist clapbacks or whatever. Apparently, Oscar de la Renta like made an ad that was like a woman walking down the street, and the the text overlaying the picture was "Walk as if three men are walking behind you." Mm. And every single woman that's read is like, "You mean fucking run?" Like. You mean, like, speed up? You mean get on the phone with your mom and pretend you're a judo instructor? Like, and it, somebody had to explain in the thread, they mean, like, walk sexy like you want to impress the three men behind you. And it was just amazing to see, like, 15 women in succession, like, having that not even occur to them. They were like, why is Oscar de la Renta threatening us? <laughs> Isn't Oscar de la Renta a gay man? I don't know. Uh... No, my, no actually, I'm not making that face because I don't know if he's gay or not. However, like, 
Let's of talk course. about gay men oh. as problematic allies oh. because yes, I'm not saying that that like that is a shock <laughs> because he is gay. It is just like it's doubly wrong to me if he is gay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Not that I should hold people to different standards, but like, you know, mm-hmm. we owe y'all a little bit. <laughs> If nothing else, then to just not be monsters. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Oscar de la Renta, gay, not de la Hoya. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, just to get slightly back on track. Um, hmm. So basically, there were a couple of movies this year that like we thought were fine or like good overall with some things we would tweak. But there's just mm-hmm. nothing I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Like... You know what I mean? Like, Lady Bird was a fine movie. Mm-hmm. Shape of Water was a really good overall movie that I have some major... Yeah, flawed. Flaws. Problematic fave. To, yeah. Yeah. For me, it's not a problematic fave, but it's a problematic yeah. okay movie. Yeah. Um, but, like, honest to God, The Post was infuriating. So I want to... Call Me By Your Name was infuriating. What was the... So, of the nominees... Which one, if it were to win, would you be most pleased with? That is a different word, a different question than which one do you want to win? Which one would you be most happy with winning? Get Out. Me too. I don't think it was a perfect movie. Well, but I think it was a very, very good movie. Well, Tom Ford didn't. And I think it was it, so. probably the most innovative of all of them on the list. Yes. And in a year where I'm not rooting for anything because I didn't love anything, mm-hmm. I want to reward innovation. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Tom Ford has never won in this category. Which is a travesty. Tom Ford has two movies, and we're obsessed with both. So, yeah. I think I would generally be pleased... These are the films that I would be I would be most pleased if Get Out won. Not going to, but most pleased. I would be happy and okay with the outcome if Get Out, Lady Bird, or Shape of Water won. And two of those three are in the hunt. Yeah. Yeah. But like pretty much everything else, it's essentially an insult to everyone's <laughs> intelligence. That they were nominated in the first place. Okay, or made, Darkest Hour made. was not bad. Darkest Hour would not yeah. be an insult. There's nothing really innovative about it. When I say everything, it. I mean all of the ones that I've seen. Right, which I Phantom Thread I haven't seen, so I can't comment. And Darkest Hour, I did enjoy. Yeah. It's just that, like, Gary it's Oldman another World War II movie famous. that's a character study of a very famous person. Like, right. Plus, Gary Oldman wasn't Dracula, and it's like... And isn't, like, a great person? Huh? And isn't a great person? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I think that you get your great person card revoked when you've been credibly uh, accused of, of having beaten your spouse. So, <laughs> I'm not um, laughing because it's funny. I'm no, laughing because I'm uncomfortable. Um, um, yeah. So, so that's that's where that's rolling. I but I didn't hate Darkest Hour as a movie, but the other five. Call me by... So I have a lot of feelings about a lot of these. Yeah. So let's start... Can we start with the post? Yeah. Do we need to talk very much about Get Out Lady, Get Out or Lady Bird? See them both. I don't want to See spoil them both. anything. I think they're really necessary. They're necessary films to watch. Get Out, I think, is by far for me 
one of the most important important films of the year. I also think it was the most impactful film for me. Um, I got a lot out of it, um, and I think that like its message is lost on a lot of people. But it is like a th- that sounds like I'm like tooting my own horn, like I'm fucking like Banksy or some bullshit. But it's like you know, like I think it's a really Im- it's a very important film. Yeah, it should be seen. Um, well, and Lady Bird, honestly, I think same. Also, very important. Less. I don't know, like... Well, it's more of a character study and not, like, a microcosm of society or something, you know, like... Right. It's not meant to, like, reflect society's ills back at you. Right. You Even though I mean? it does, like, like, you know, it does say a lot Deal about... Deal with like, a lot of things, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's great. And Greta Gerwig, I think, is wonderful, so... Oh, and Laurie Metcalf in that role was just... Very good. I cried. <sighs> so... I cried. Anyway, what are... I wanted to ask you... So now you, I just want to rage... So like b- b- before you rage, because mm-hmm. we're already getting into a very long episode, mm-hmm. in the last, let's say, 10 years, yeah. your best Oscar movies, give me three. I don't even, this is the first year I've even seen any of them. Okay. Last year I, had, I saw Moonlight. I was boycotting La La Land for reasons that are obvious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't, um, My if dirty they're secret. not obvious, then at me and we'll <laughs> on Instagram um, I I loved Arrival I know that I'm one of uh, I'm the only person that I know that loved it um, Stephanie loved it my sister-in-law um, yes she did yes she did no she didn't um, call her right now yes she did that's not the conversation she and I had about it oh well I will I'll bet you five dollars that, that she now that likes she, it okay no not now but that she she does well, yeah, okay. That, that if you asked her now, she would say that okay. she liked it. Um, I think that was pretty much it. Of okay. The things that I, right? I only saw those two movies last year. I Just saw the like, one that won, and that, that's all that mattered. Last year had so many good contenders. I mean, Lion was a good movie. I mean, I didn't see it. Yeah. He can get it, though, but... I mean, I say Lion was a good movie. Like, I was not having a sexual awakening in the theater in a movie about, like, a very sad childhood story. And the thing is, you think that I should have had a sexual awakening in Call Me By Your Name. No, you, Be- no, I don't. Um, Army Hammer is Army Hammer perfect. is playing a pedophile. Right. That's <laughs> like, what I'm saying. Like, like, he was given, like, we were given man candy in the worst context. So it undoes all of the man candiness <laughs> right also his personality in the film was horrible anyway um but i don't know what what, what other name other oscar films i mean in the last 10 years the ones that jump into my mind yeah the big ones that i probably have seen both tom ford's nocturnal animals and single man was nocturnal animals nominated in one category not for best, not picture. For best picture it was nominated for best supporting actor for uh, michael Bing shannon Bong. Oh, As the cop. He was good. I think it might have had another one in like cinematography or screenwriting or mm-hmm. something. Um, and then a single man had nominations in Best Actor for Colin Firth, Best Supporting Actress for Julianne Moore, and then I think a couple of others. But not Best Picture. I don't believe so, and I can't remember if it was Best Director. Um, right. But I'm just naming like movies that should have been an Oscar hunt, whether they were or not. Right. I'd put Spotlight up there for me. I loved that movie. Didn't see it. Um, Creed. Loved that movie. Didn't see it. Um, he can get it though Black Panther Michael B. B. Jordan 
yes. longer. The other one I would suggest is Belle, which was not nominated for anything, and that was a tragedy. Right. Um, Michael B. Jordan and I mm. have a relationship. Well, I'm, that's difficult because I don't know that he's polyamorous and he and I have a relationship. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry. That's... Did you see Creed? Have you been dying for like two years? Get the fuck off my train. <laughs> his, because he has gold teeth mm-hmm. in as, the bottom. Yeah. In, as Killmonger in yeah. Black Panther. That specific physical trait of that character was so sexy to me on him. <laughs> Really? Because of him. That was it. Okay. I was like, because, like, put that on anyone else, and I'd be like, well, you know, well, no thank you. But he he could wear, like, a burlap sack and spin like a whirling dervish, and I would be like, <laughs> yes. I've been God. that way for a while. Yeah. Um. So, fun fact, he actually made, like, some really problematic comments about women a couple of years ago. Love it. That's perfect. No, 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 no. Has done everything right. Since then? Mm-hmm. Really? Very sincere apology that didn't just, like, pay lip service to it. Oh. Then he shut up and actually, like, got his shit together. Right. And came out and all of his comments. And it's like, not that he's become some sort of activist, but, like, he's obviously, like, learned from the experience. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, and I remember the controversy, but I sort of hadn't heard the fallout. And then some people were writing, I forget where I read the article, but it was basically just, like, let me talk to you about a man who, like, recognizes when mm. he's done wrong mm-hmm. and how hot that can be. Yes. And then I watched a GQ video where he just did things that random women requested. And it was... Essentially, it was essentially what Fifty Shades of Grey should be. <laughs> Michael Jordan in a gray Michael, room Michael just Jordan. talking at a camera saying ridiculous things that somehow turn you on. Perfect. Oh. God, I want to talk about Olympic ice dancing. We just, we have to stop this episode before I go on, like, a thousand other tangents. Anyway, so Oscars, yeah, don't bother with most of them. That's the real key here. But do find a way to hang out with your people and eat a lot of good food while watching the ceremony that you don't care about this year. Yeah, I think that's important. I'm gonna do. Um, I'm. I think that I'm. I. Uh, you know. I do want to talk about the post just briefly. Okay. Because I feel like. I think it's very. This is the one I think that we've raged about maybe the least. Well, because of the ones that we've raged, you about. went right to bed when we got back from it, and I went into a full shaking, crying rage spiral to Patrick. It was, I so I was less offended. It was offensive. I found it to be offensive, but not in the way of like, I'm shocked or you know what I mean. Like, I wasn't attacked in this film. I did. Its biggest sin was that it was boring. Yes. That that I have very little patience for that because you can have terrible acting. You can have Which it did. a terrible script. Which it did. You can have a terrible you can have a terrible director, which yes. it did. Um you can have terrible everything. But if it's a hot fucking mess that I can't look away from, um then it that is at least there's like a silver lining to it. This was one of the most boring films I've seen since I saw Dunkirk that same week. <laughs> and it, Dunkirk was more confusing than bad. It's hard to yeah. be invested in something if you literally have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And I say this, like, I have a lot of knowledge of history. Yeah. I was pretty aware of, like, the historical context of it. 
I'm going to buy you no a medal that says I have a lot of knowledge of history. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, this movie needed at least three more minutes of explanatory, like, dialogue. And it had or it writing like, or one fewer Harry Styles, and it needed one. That he was not even a problem in this movie. I agree, but something in my brain makes me feel like they they were kind of coasting on this Harry Styles casting. Because they got in the a movie lot for of like press. four and a half minutes, though. They got so much press for for casting Harry Styles, and they're like, "But well, I just I don't think don't that was the problem. He was playing anymore. like a bit part, right? Yeah. But anyway, like literally, they do not provide any context at all. There's one part where they're drowning. Spoiler alert. Which, don't as care. Patrick pointed out, also, um, they did not like give any thought to this movie being released for home cinema viewing. They no. So like the aspect ratio of the movie changes willy nilly. It was really tough to watch. Not even from like a film critic standpoint, just from like literally the movie looked different (laughs) from scene to scene on TV. The movie is about as interesting as a pile of sand, which is apt because it literally is a movie of piles of sand. It is just fucking like beach warfare nonsense where there's actually very little warfare and Tom Hardy is in it, but you might as well not have cast him because he's wearing a mask the whole time. And why bother with that face? I want you to know that Tom Hardy is not my jam. <laughs> do, do we? Are we okay? Are we still friends? I'm. That's fine. Okay. Because he's not in the Men diagram, and I understand that. Yeah. But he is in my Men diagram. Yeah, he can be in your myself. circle of the Men diagram. Yes. Michael yes. B. Jordan, you're fighting literally everyone on Earth to get at him. Yeah. 100% of the yeah, people. Yeah, fight me. Don't care. I'm married. Who cares? <laughs> it's Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Your husband would say the same thing. I mean, he has in front of me. That's <laughs> like, you know. Um, so the post. Garbage film. Yeah, Meryl Streep was also just exceptionally bad. Yeah. It, I thought. Yeah. Um, was it that she was bad, or was it that she had a terrible script? I cannot extricate these the pieces either. of this film from one another. Which is why I still believe that Sal- that Sally Hawkins. Mm-hmm. See, I'm doing I'm doing names right this time. That's why I do think that if Sally Hawkins were to win anything for act act uh, actress lead actress, that she will have deserved it because she did the most with what she had, which actually was nothing because she has no lines. Correct. Except for when she sings in that weird interlude that I sort of forced myself to say that I liked in the moment because I liked the rest of the film. So I was like, well, I gotta like that too. But it didn't make any sense. (laughs) He just mimed the sex hand gestures. Fish penis. Anyway, uh, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert: that the fish has a penis and the I'm, yeah, uh, they got it. <laughs> I so anyway, I don't have any other raging to do. I mean, I I have gone on about the post for like three hours, and at this point, I'm just drained. Yeah, watch watch some of the movies. Watch Get Out. Watch Lady Bird. Watch Shape of Water. Watch Arrival, starring Amy Adams. Time moves <laughs> circularly. Spoiler alert. <laughs> have to pause <laughs> all right i'm really pulling for baby driver <laughs> in this whole thing perfect um all right uh have a good night everybody and enjoy the 30 minute sample of 
Keith Urban song, email. 30-minute sample. 30-second sample. Uh, I do have to pause. I want to return to this. This as a concept. Why is it called female? You're going to hear it. Does he say the future is female in it? No. He does quote Beyonce. You're not ready. Does he quote Beyonce or does he quote Beyonce quoting Chimamanda? No, he goes, when you hear someone sing Girls Run the World, do you believe it? Are you prepared that's for so, this? Are you prepared? such a bad... I would have texted <sighs> literally everyone we knew, but I was driving, and then I'd forgotten about it until right now. I, I want to cry. Yep. Right. The thing is, why would it be called female? Because... Don't talk, we're not going to say anything, you're just going to hear it. Isn't, like, this is, I, I've been doing some <laughs> introspection about this, because, like, this is a real thing in, in, uh, I know that it's not really a thing to say, like, this is a thing in feminism, but this is a thing in feminism, where it's, like, if you refer to women as females, you know, like, That's females, what Michael B. Jordan did. That's, that was the whole scandal a couple of years back. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is that the only, th- like, he just said, like, females, blah, blah, blah. It was a was little like, bit, like... It was definitively, like, the sexualization of women's bodies and, like... Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, using females to be, like, females come and go, females be tripping type thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, you have to read them in context. That, it's not like he he didn't, like, get super gross, okay. but, like, still... I thought that that was... Apology and personal growth. The fact that he... Apo- like, it... So, like, blanket statement, don't talk like that. But the fact that he apologized for that is actually quite surprising, I would say, because not a whole lot of men view that to be, be all that problematic. And I don't particularly like the term problematic, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, to there to be problems... You have a lot of homework of following this episode. you got to read his comments. i got to listen to Keith Urban. you got to read the fallout. you got to listen to Keith Urban. Yeah. But, yeah, but, like, I've been doing... I It, it did, and this is, like, a, a function of me being not... A woman yeah um that it was not obvious to me at first why like the the specific like seed of the logic of why that would be offensive until actually quite recently did you know this we haven't talked about this no that like because it, it's it, it's very seldom explained if that makes sense like yeah. people are just like don't talk like this don't call women female Females, blah, blah, blah. You know, females do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. It's reductionist. It's, it's reductionist. And the the thing that I was thinking recently is, like, it, you're really, like, talking t- talking about women, people, as if you're, like, David Attenborough, like, narrating a nature documentary. Yeah. Like, as if they're animals. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's, like, the female, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? And you're, re- yeah, you're reducing women to this, like weird biological do you need me to explain this to you more can you tell what my eyes are saying no i'm just like like i had never yeah you know what i mean like i'd never no i mean i get it well yeah (laughs) but like i had never it it is seldom said in words why that's offensive yeah no i think it's helpful to like express it clear to me why and then i had i had did a lot of thinking um you know a lot of reading, listening to women talking about their own experiences. Yes. That thing. That, yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we need to get on this episode. So as the woman in this podcast, and as the person who is the most obsessed with Oscars, 
I'm going to say, fuck Darren Aronofsky. Let's end on that. That's perfect. <laughs> yep. Fuck Darren Aronofsky. Yep. He doesn't deserve it. Shouldn't have even made Mother. Glad he did, because the veil was lifted for me. <laughs> he's, he's the worst person. His movies are trash. Yep. That was especially. Yeah. Beyond the pale. <laughs> Look it up. Bye. Are we, are we ending? Yeah, we are. Yeah, look it up.